Awesome. I'm glad I asked, so we got that part square away. So um, I'm getting myself queued up to ask questions here, um, namely of that of those questions of uh, those in the Reno area. So my first big question I would like to ask you about, well, I guess it's been a while since we spoke um, in Carson City at the legislature, and right. I want to try to familiarize my audience to you and, uh, you know, who are, you know, who you are. And uh, just taking a brief couple of qu uh, quick moment, who's Mark Amaday? Essentially, uh, I mean, keeping to that native son statement, you're you're definitely one of us, and definitely, uh, you know, a Nevadan. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have that tattooed on my forehead or anything, but I mean, you know, I'm 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 So I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm definitely talking to you today because you have a you give a unique perspective of time and 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 uh, having been one having been one of us you know where we're coming from and where we're effectively where we could theoretically be going here. Um, which uh, this is kind of why we're here today. Uh, I, uh, I guess I'd uh, like to ask you, on, uh, from your crystal ball, uh, some perspective of now being in Washington, looking looking east, looking you know west towards us, um, some issues that we're dealing with here in, in um, Reno, uh, uh, namely uh, an issue of growth. Uh, namely, I guess one of the big issues I'd like to ask you about this morning. Um, is Lemon Valley, Lemon Valley and Swan Lake. Um, I'm sure you get a bit of questions on that, and uh, namely, um, uh, county. We had a county commissioner um, bring up an issue uh, recently in a, in a meeting on FEMA funding. Uh, 
namely right. why is it taking so long for that to come out and as you know we've had we had some flooding from the recent uh, rains well, not recent rains but last season's rain and uh, snow's uh, well last reason last season's higher than expected snow and water pack which led to flooding which led to you know some damage damage to homes and, and roadways and whatnot and um, I guess let's, I just want to ask uh, where are we on that at the moment Is interesting. And so, well, and, and listen, I don't want I don't want to say that I don't want to sound critical because it's not meant to be. But our view of the world on a lot of this stuff is is I can't file for the stuff because I'm not the jurisdiction mm-hmm. for FEMA, but I can sure as heck do oversight on FEMA, which we have been doing for purposes of wildfire and stuff. Um, but other than that, than that. Uh, initial conversation or whatever, your question is, is a very fair question, and, and the direct answer is we haven't been asked for any assistance um, on behalf of the county to with FEMA. And so I, I'm not – and you say, well, why are you answering the question that way? The, re- the reason I'm answering the question that way is, quite frankly, it's the county's request. And so um, if the county wants – help with FEMA in responsiveness or wherever they think it is, all they have to do is ask. Uh, but I'm not going to dash in unrequested and <laughs> tell me everything that's going on with the county thing and blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. Quite frankly, I'm respectful of those guys. It's like, listen, if you need some help, let me know. We do oversight on FEMA all the time. We think we've got a good relationship with the Oakland folks. Matter of fact, one of my legislative folks, uh, Kyle Thomas, left our office to go take a job with FEMA mm-hmm. in the legislative liaison stuff. So I feel we're, we're positioned pretty strong, but I'm not going to, but, but I'm not going to go barging in on, on the county thing. It's like, Hey, um, if the county thinks that, that their FEMA stuff is going good, great. And if they got some problems with what FEMA's doing, all they have to do is pick up the phone. That is an interesting point you raised there. So this is kind of like, uh, it suddenly reminds me of like a, you know when you're when you're playing basketball, and some you know when you're trying to check the ball in, 
you can just kind of toss the ball right back to me here in Washoe County because I guess there was this heavy thought that it was all this responsibility or all this help needed to come from the federal end of things. Right. <laughs> um, but, but, the second, but the second part of that is, I don't know, um, the county hasn't updated me on where their request is or how they think it's going, so um, maybe what I'll do is have my guys reach out afterwards and go, hey, is there anything you want to tell us about FEMA? Right. How that's going or how that's not going or whatever. Um, and, and so, but, but anyhow, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I think that Commissioner Hartung's deal going, hey, you know what, maybe there's some FEMA help to be had on this. Mm-hmm. It's something that should be explored. Um, and so my assumption has been that they've been exploring it. But I guess we'll see, huh? Yeah, that, that... Yes, we're, we're doing some stuff. Uh, we're talking to them about if Washoe County ends up doing a landfill right. um, here next year, that one of the things... Uh, being proactive is if, if they need some lands transferred to the the city for uh, for sewer uh, holding pond or you know infiltration basins or whatever mm-hmm. that, that they should let us know and, and we'll be happy to put that in. So there's a couple of ways to help them. Now that's not FEMA specific, but I mean I've been out to uh, I've been out to Sun Valley. I've met with the folks that are involved in the lawsuit. We've met with the county. Uh, we've met with the Corps of Engineers, so so we're familiar with what's going on out there, um, and, and are like, listen, anything we can do to help, let us know. Uh, we've talked with the state folks out there, DEP and, and Brad Kroll, the guy who's uh, who's the director of conservation and natural resources. We've talked to EPA, so it's like, as far as I'm concerned, all hands on deck. Um, in terms of if it's legitimately within somebody's purview or jurisdiction. And they can assist, then they ought to. Sounds fair. And again, um, I'm glad you said that, you know, brought that up in terms of making yourself available on this because, um, you know, recently we have published some, you know, stories about, you know, where, where, where people in the neighborhood are at with this because there is a degree of frustration, uh, you know, namely uh, county workers are, are, are getting splashed by, by motorists. Um, who are um, obviously upset state of affairs. So it's good to hear that you're aware that you're making yourself available and that this is a process that's still ongoing. Well, but, but let me tell you this. I, I mean, I think um, we're there to assist in any way the county wants us to, or the city of Reno or, you know, whoever, the state, anything like that. Uh, oversight of federal agencies is part of the job every day. Um, and, and I, I'm pretty sure. I, I think they've also talked with Senator Cortez Mosto and, and Senator Rosen's office about it. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's any surprise. Although the first time I went out there, quite frankly, I was I was surprised. I, I don't know what I was expecting to see, but I was surprised by what I saw in terms of of that situation. So I, I mean, I don't know that any. Uh, I have no criticism for anybody who goes, "Hey, this is BS." And, and, and we need to get it stopped. Um, I know the county's been frustrated with dealing with it, and there's a city aspect as far as sewer 
into the whole growth thing and all that other sort of thing. And, you know, then you talk to one engineering firm and they say, here's the answer, it's obvious. And another one says, no, no, it's this one and it's obvious. Right. So, you know, that, that doesn't, that's not an excuse, but it's one of those things where, well, hell, I know that the governor's been out there, Governor Sisolak's been out there, and, and was, and was uh, not at all pleased mm-hmm. um, with what he saw. Although it's interesting, his uh, his chief aide on that is Scott Gillis, who was the city of Reno guy for for uh, for, for the mayor. So you know, there's there's a bunch of moving parts there. But listen, if uh, if somebody needs a fire engine on that, they call our firehouse. We're we're rolling. So I'll tell you what I'll do is is I'll have our folks check in with uh, uh, with the county now. Now. Uh, uh, what you got a new county manager coming on, or they're still looking? So you got an interim yes. situation there because we had dealt directly with the county manager on most of that stuff before when we were saying, okay, what's going on, and who's got what jurisdiction, and right. what's the state doing, and what's EPA doing at the fed level, and all that. But but I'll check I'll check in based on on our little chat with my folks and say, hey, somebody check with the county and the city and see if. If we're missing something, or if there's some ball that's in our court that I didn't know, because uh, I'll circle back to where I started. Um, I thought it was a good idea uh, that they pursue it. I, I think they're pursuing it, but nobody has checked back with us on a FEMA uh, in a FEMA sense mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, how come they're not doing or, or whatever, or, or they're taking too long to answer." or however that works. So I'll check and, and make sure that, that there's none of that going on. Our latest discussion in it was, are there parcels of BLM in the region there that could potentially be helpful in terms of where to put the water? So we're involved, but, but not in a direct FEMA sense at the moment. So, I mean, and I, and I don't mean to sound like I'm blindsiding you here, but it, it sounds like, um, to a certain degree, um Parts of this this story or parts of this issue have escalated in places that we may have all not expected. You know, I don't know what my expectations were. I mean, my only expectation is it's like, listen, how, how do we solve this? This is something that's obviously unacceptable, and it's and it's and it's pretty catastrophic for the folks that are in those neighborhoods. Um, right. Which, when you talk about growth, brings some interesting questions on. Well, how are we doing approvals for? you know, two-acre lots or subdivisions or whatever back in the 60s when some of that got started because, um, you know, obviously there, there were some things that weren't taken into account, which it, which has got us, which has got a, a pretty dire situation for a residential area out there um, in terms of what's happened with Swan Lake. So, um, I, I, I mean, I don't feel blindsided by it at all. I'm I'm just saying we haven't had any requests to, to basically facilitate a visit by by uh, uh, FEMA or or anything like that because I, you know, heck, the Region 9 headquarters in Oakland, I've been down there a couple times already on, on other matters, and so it's, it, it would not be a big favor or a big ask. It would be, a, hey, that's part of the job is the oversight, so. Oh. So I guess safely. So it's safe to say that right now that Congressman Amadei's firehouse hasn't been rung yet, but the fire nobody, truck. Nobody's nobody's called the fire department uh, in my office about uh, uh, FEMA and Swan Lake. Sounds fair. 
Sounds fair. And I'll take that for now. That's because, A, I am still wrapping my head around that this whole issue myself. Because, ironic as it is, I live on the other side of the freeway, actually. So, okay. so it's kind of close to home, but not literal. I mean, I mean, not literal. I mean, not literally, but it's close to my neck of the woods. So it puts me some. It, it, I, I can technically say I go to the grocery store. With some of the people that are involved in this. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure you do. I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll talk to Logan today and say, hey, um, I'll have Ken uh, Ken Brook. Who is a guy who grew up in Reno, who worked in the Reno office, and now he's he kind of does federal land stuff and, and that in the D.C. office. I'll have I'll have uh, Logan have Ken give you a call and give you an update from his perspective. But sure. um, I, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Where, where Logan said, well, one of the things he wants to talk about is is uh, is FEMA and Lemon Valley, and I go, well, well that'll be a short conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of why I'm a little like surprised because, um, from my you know standpoint, I I've always kind of uh, you're 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 usually pretty you know you're usually you're very well briefed on stuff like this. So that so I'm kind I'm I'm taking at your word the fact that I think this is a situation where there's a lot of moving parts, there's a lot of issues going on, and there's not a lot of clear delineation of who's in charge to a degree. Uh, 
and that helps again, and that helps you know break that down for uh, for not just um, myself. That um, helps kind of give me some perspective of where you're looking at it. Um, but also, you know, for some folks in, who are in the neighborhood and or in the outlying areas who are kind of hearing about this, and it's just like, what is this? Who's who? Who's who? Who? You know, going back to the basketball reference, who do I check the ball back into? Um, yeah. you know, who, like, well, for, you ask me, here's my answer. Primary jurisdiction rests with the city and the county out there because that's their planning and zoning jurisdiction. So when, when they do developments anywhere, as in any county, it's like, what do you do about stormwater? What do you do about police fire? What do you do about schools? What do you do about, you know, and so it's like, hey, guess what? This is clearly public health and safety and the primary jurisdiction of the local folks. And, and, and we're happy to help in any way we can assist them in fulfilling their mission. Mm-hmm. And that helps immensely to hear you say that. Well, and I don't think that's probably, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, that, that Senator Mosto and Senator Rosen's office would tell you the same thing. Right. Right, and, and 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 I'm kind of glad you also brought the reference of other our, our other federal representatives um, into this matter because, um, you know, one they don't get asked questions like this very often about this, and also because, um, you know, yeah, I, I mean we don't we don't typically ask our U.S. senators questions of this nature on that, but um, I'm kind of glad you've raised that. You know that put the ball in the court. Of my uh, put the ball in the court in my court on that one. Because that the, that now does raise the question of now does this need to grow? Does this now need to be asked of, of a wider range of, 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 of concerns? So um, thank you for that. Well, and, and the only other piece I'll add is is when I was out there, it was it was with Commissioner Herman. So I mean, she's got an open door policy the way the other ones do too. So we've spoken with with Jeannie a lot about this too, and know that it's like. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to speak for her, but it, I, I'm sure it's top three or something on her priority list in terms of, mm-hmm. of you know, her district as a county commissioner. Yes, and that is her neck of the woods. So she and she is my county commissioner, so that works <laughs> that works out. So um, there you go. So again, there's there's a chain of command here, kind of referencing you know you know uh, the military. There's a chain of command here, of, uh, or at least they, at least a route a route map now of where I can kind of start asking a little more broader-based questions in this situation, which... Um, well, and, and I'll ask one, I'll ask one too, uh, when we get off the phone, like... Uh, absolutely. I'll, I'll give Logan and Ken Brooker a call and go, hey, have I missed something? Have we had any, any, any requests? But, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that answer is no. Hmm. So, I don't know, maybe in fairness, the county staff would say, well, we're working with them, and we don't think we need any help at the moment. I don't know. Right. But again, that's kind of that, again. This is kind of the importance of why we ask these questions because we we get to to air this out and figure this out. So, um, and, and and if it makes you feel any better too, I thought the Swan Lake question was going to be really short too. <laughs> well, 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 it is as far as what are you doing with FEMA? That is a short one, but I mean the background <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And 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 it does help to understand this. In a broader sense of what, why this is so, why it's taking so long, and why, you know, 
you know, in a way, I can kind of now communicate to somebody if I ever see them, you know, at the Rayleighs down the street or at the Big Lots or uh, the or the Walmart up the road, like, you know, what's going on? And it's like, well, here's the long story and here's the short story. You know, there's just there's a lot going on, and 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 frankly, there's a lot of pieces, slow moving pieces to the story. So I'm kind of glad you've brought that brought that up. So, um, I think, uh, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to seem glib or I don't want to over, uh, um, I don't want to undercut this, but have we hit that pretty, I mean, I mean, is that a pretty good statement or pretty good, uh, assessment of, uh, the Swan Lake, uh, Lemon Valley issue from your standpoint? No, it is, it is from, uh, from where we're, we're at it. It's obviously in, in our queue of things to check in on with, with those two jurisdictions and the state Department of Conservation Natural Resources, DEP, like what's going on, how's, how we doing, uh, water quality issues, you know, all that other sort of stuff, as well as Region 9 of EPA, um, are all people that we check in routinely go, where are we with that? Mm-hmm. Um, because quite frankly, a component of it is that the, the, uh, the sewage treatment stuff, is, and, and you know, the, it's one of those areas, too, that you know, you've got county jurisdiction and city jurisdiction bumping up against each other. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the people living in the county are going, what the heck? The, the, the city's just approved X more, you know, right. lots out here, which is going to increase the, the sewer thing. And then, you know, I just remembered this one, too, if it isn't fun enough already, <laughs> is Fish and, Fish and Wildlife Service is involved, too, because at one point in the past, uh, the city negotiated, and don't hold me to the exact nomenclature, but generally, uh, the, the city negotiated a thing with Fish and Wildlife to make sure that they had a fluid treated to the right degree that they were putting in Swan Lake so that there was always, there was always water there um, for purposes of, of migratory birds. So, I mean, anyhow. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm. Th- thank you for adding that that interesting element of uh, contribution, literally, into that because that that probably does add into some element of uh, of of complication of you know trying to you know trying to stretch solve a problem by pumping all the water out to a certain level, but if you you can't pump all the water out because you're you've got an agreement set to leave it at a certain level.
So you need somebody's permission, if you don't own the land, to flood it. And so, you know, All these... it's, the, uh, it's the usual fun and games. Yeah, yeah, another day in the neighborhood. <laughs> Not not to laugh, but not to not to you know not to have humorous you know gallows humor at this. But I mean that's just that's where we're at with that. So well, I. But, 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 but let me tell you, I'll just tell you this, and this is me speculating. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I think the fact that you've got so many jurisdictions involved in this, mm-hmm. um, you've got planning and you got two planning and zoning jurisdictions. You got a federal resource agency, at least one, uh, EPA. Uh, you got a you got a federal uh, uh, public works agency, the Corps of Engineers. You got uh, uh, you got the state resource agency, DEP, under conservation and natural resources. You've got federal and state wildlife issues. You, you know, um, just to, just off the top of my head. So it's like I think it's. I think in coming to a here's what we're going to do, right. here's how you're going to run the sewer plant, here's what we're going to do at the present levels, blah, 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 that, that it, it has been, quite frankly, um, it's, it's taken too long. That's just my layman's opinion, mm-hmm. uh, which is why when, when Jeannie Herman came to us or anybody else has come to us, it's like we're on it. What do you want us to do? I don't want I don't want people running around saying it took a year for the feds to respond to something. So you let us know, and, and I'll and I'll tell you this: in, in my mind, it's like I don't think you've got any of that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy, but I, I can see the frustration of the people out there where it's like this has taken too long. I think the governor was frustrated when he went out there, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of got up to speed on it. And I think, quite frankly, in fairness, the county commission is frustrated with it, the city council, but it's like, okay, so everybody's frustrated. Let's check that box. Um, but, but we still need to finish it up and say, here's what we're going to do and here's how we're going to deal with it. So essentially, we're missing the most critical element in a situation like this, a plan. Well, yeah, and, and quite frankly, it's like, hey, it's, and, and listen, it's, you know, some days this public service stuff is hard work. People have strong opinions. And, uh, and and so th- there's there's not a silver bullet. It's probably one of those things where there's not a silver bullet where somebody figures something out and everybody loves it, okay? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, hey, guess what? It's a hard public service day, but we still got to get it done. Right. Um, so anyhow. No, and, and again, I, I appreciate it. Again, this is kind of one of the reasons why I, I, I much – Respect and revered you over the years is that you 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 put your lot your brain power to these things and 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 you you work these things out so this isn't a this isn't a, a glib thing for you I understand your hearts and, and your brains in it so I understand. Well, you can't go out there and look at it and go like, like I said when I went out there I don't know what I was expecting to see but but when I saw what I saw I'm like holy mackerel this doesn't look like anything I've ever seen in Nevada, you know? It's kind of why I think it takes the place it's taking right now and where it's got, why it's got the level of anxiety and frustration that it's received. Yeah. Well, um, I certainly have no criticism for the neighborhood out there um, in being frustrated and this has taken too long. I mean, um, they should be and it has. 
I'll go with that. With that I'll go with that one on that. Um, and I'm going to try to transition this from one federal issue uh, on one end of the 395 corridor to one that meets smack in the middle of a major busy um, 395. Uh, well, a major intersection. Um, so, uh, namely, I'm sure you get tons of questions from your local representatives here in Washoe County and Northern Nevada. Um, about um, the spaghetti bowl and uh, infrastructure projects or needing funds or needing support on on on, on those items. Um, right. So where are we on that at the moment? Um, you know, in in that, um, are are you planning any pending requests and in, any infrastructure bills, or are there any opportunities down the line, at least in the next couple months or six months, where we could see? federal dollars coming into the community? Well, the, the, um, the, uh, the, there are already federal dollars in, in much of NDOT stuff. You know, from T21 was the old one to uh, um, so, so the Congress um, uh, annually does a, a, a funding bill for highways. Uh, we've got a new chapter these days now, which is which is, uh, people have been talking about an infrastructure bill, and of course everything that gets uber-politicized, quite frankly, gets not fast. Right. Um, and, and, and so the, trans, the, the infrastructure bill fits that description to a T, uh, where, where you got, and, and both sides do it, so, so I'm not picking on anybody, right. but it's like, quite frankly, you know, you got this thing where it's like, why the hell couldn't, couldn't the political people campaign on, we got an infrastructure bill through and blah, 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 you know, and more jobs, uh, better economic development because you got and all that other sort of stuff. But that's not directly re uh, responsive to your question, which is the spaghetti bowl. Mm -hmm. um, NDOT is the primary jurisdiction agency. The feds give the money to NDOT. Mm -hmm. then, the then the feds give money to uh, regional transportation authorities, which you have in Washoe County, uh, and they have in Clark County, and, and Carson's got one, and, you know, they're, they're population-related um, to some extent in order to be one. But having said that, um, so the Spaghetti Bowl was on the list and proceeding, and they got the bids back, and the bids were, were way over what NDOT engineers' estimate was of what they would be. And so what your new NDOT uh, folks do, because there's, there's been a change because of a change in, in, uh, in, in governors, is they, they pulled the solicitation back off the street. And so what that means is you say, well, why are you telling me? Well, what's that mean? What that means in my mind is that project is now a year to 18 months behind what everybody thought it was going to be. Um, and you had talked about a plan.
is, I, I don't think it was pulled because there was a federal funding issue. Um, I think it, I think it was pulled. And I won't, I won't talk for NDOT, but it was pulled because, quite frankly, what NDOT thought it would cost and what the bids came in at um, were very close. Okay. Those numbers were real close. And so, having said that, uh, uh, yeah, there, there's federal funding aspects to that, but uh, I don't think anybody will tell you the project got pulled because there wasn't enough federal money. I mean, quite frankly, I'll, I'll tell you my opinion is I'm not sure uh, what the process what the process was for an engineer's estimate on what it, what those bids should be, but. Uh, but there's some serious concern in the, in the north about well, so, so that money's going to go elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, and it's not. Uh, and the elsewhere is 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 uh, is uh, I think the concerns I've heard is that the elsewhere is not elsewhere in the Truckee Meadows. Right. Yes. So it's so it's a big project, the economic, social, commercial center of Western Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, and and by the way, so it's pulled back to the point where now there's fiscal year 19 funds that will be spent that, that in a perfect world would have been spent on spaghetti bowl stuff, which are not now. So, uh, and actually wow. we started the preliminary process of, of kind of seeing how NDOT, uh, what, what their stuff's looking like, you know, you, you maintain roads where they are, and, and it's been a it's been a long time issue with uh, in Nevada, you know, it's like the, the whole north south regional stuff, which quite frankly I don't think accomplishes much for anybody, but you know that ebbs and flows, and so um, transportation funds is something that I think has been a concern for people at both ends of the state when they talk about fairness. Uh, uh, and so there are some people who are talking about the spaghetti bowl project being pulled back um, as a as a uh, symptom of perhaps a focus on or trying to focus more uh, NDOT project funds uh, in southern Nevada than in northern Nevada. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know whether it is or not. Um, I know that if you really wanted to know the answer to that question, uh, you would look at many things like maintenance budgets, capacity projects, gas tax origin. Um, you know, uh, what's what's the uh, cost benefit? Um, so I'll just tell you, road projects in Nevada have always been controversial mm-hmm. in terms of where you're where you're building them and where you're not. Um, I think the most sanguine um, stuff I heard about it was was from some of the folks at your regional transportation that basically said so the project hopefully gonna, uh, is, is, is going to be set back a year to a year and a half but um, hopefully we've learned some things from the first solicitation that was put out an engineer's cost estimate engineer's estimate um, you know is it really a priority how much of a priority is it what's the commitment to getting this done you know there's some history with the spaghetti bowl where it's been quote done unquote a few times um so you know, some days it's end up turning the bowl to be to be uh, to be whacked around, and, and uh, not that their job is an easy one. Uh, so some days they're they're getting 
they're getting talked mean to from the north and some days from the south or hell maybe if you talk to them they'll say hey, what do you mean every day is like that for us but anyhow um I think the reality at this point in time is the state transportation board is something that's chaired by the governor and governors and all the time that I've been paying attention, um, run those, uh, run those transportation boards with an iron hand and it's, and, and, and so I think that'll continue. So, I mean, so this is kind of going back to, you know, referencing our first issue to a degree. This is kind of one of those situations where a plan needs to be put on paper to get something to get to get going, and there needs to be leadership on this before we can kind of see something enacted. Well, I can, I can tell you, we've got some information requests out to NDOT, my office does right now, and, and it's just like, hey, we just kind of want to know how things are looking, how you're spending your money, how you're doing your maintenance projects. I mean, it's a growing state, Don. So it's like, listen, there will never be enough money to do everything, and, and it's, it's very competitive, and people have strong feelings, and they want their project yesterday. Um, that's been the culture for forever, as far as I'm concerned. But um, at the same time, you have to try to basically say, hey, we're, we're being fair about things, and we're trying to address those needs. That's that whole cost-benefit thing. We're trying to address the needs that are the most acute. You know, and, and blah, 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 and it's like, hey, quite frankly, when you look at surface transportation in the Truckee Meadows, it's like, well, I don't know whether you've done it a bunch of times or, and, and, and it was or wasn't done right. It's water under the bridge. What's the story now? And, and it needs, it, it's, I'm assuming it's the number one priority up there. Mm-hmm. And so having, having said that, um, it's like, so how are we, how are we going to beat that? That doesn't mean you, you, you can be irresponsible with how you let the, projects and stuff like that, so, you know, it's, uh, um, NDOT, NDOT always comes in for a lot of criticism, and guess what, I've been the guy who's been doing the criticizing sometimes, but, but I'll also tell you this, uh, it's not an easy job, right. um, so, like I said, <laughs> hell, that might, might even be less, uh, uh, Congress might be more fun than NDOT, Congress is fun than <laughs> Congress, so. Well, uh, from what you're describing here, it, it does sound, uh, I mean, in comparison, maybe a little less, you know, con- confrontational. Well, you know, the, the problem with the problem with any end up thing is, is everybody drives almost, and, and everybody doesn't like traffic at least once during their trip, usually a day, um, and so it's one of those things that everybody relates to. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what happened to me on. On the new Veterans Parkway or whatever, uh, although you guys have you guys have got a pretty good uh, regional transportation commission in terms of uh, of uh, focusing on the stuff that they're focusing on and getting their stuff done and competing for other federal funds and grants. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of that Virginia Street work going on right now is a federal grant through the Department of Transportation, and and so there's a there's more than one way to skin a cat, if you will, on federal funding in some of those areas and. Uh, but but that's that's the that's the bread and butter stuff on the on the spaghetti bowl. That's the, that's the state highway fund where they where we fund most of our major stuff. Um, but I can tell you on on the on the whole uh, infrastructure thing right now, it's one of those things that that uh, and we've got Dina Titus is, is on the transportation and infrastructure committee. But I think that's one of those things where it could break loose at any moment. But that's going to require both sides to decide they want to do something instead of um, try to 
uh, you know, hamstring somebody politically for, for having nothing done. Right. Which is kind of, I mean, from, you know, politically and traditionally, uh, is is what usually happens at times. It's the, you know, we're not funding, someone accusing the other party of, A, not funding or not, uh, what's what I'm looking for regarding the gas tax, not uh, not utilizing the gas tax appropriately or not utilizing the levers of power appropriately or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's the whole, poli- that's the whole political talking point over the facts thing, you know. And, and uh, I mean, and, and listen, I, I don't think I'm a cynic, but, but some people may say, well, you sure sound like one. Um, but, but, I mean, look, look at what we're getting ready to do now. We're getting ready to do uh, another uh, continuing resolution till Thanksgiving right. because we won't have done the spending bills on time. And so that was something that, you know, when, when uh, Paul Ryan and John Boehner were in a place like, what's the matter with you guys and this is and, you know, all that other sort of stuff and you don't have a budget, which is all legitimate stuff to say. But mm. you know what's changed with the change in leadership with respect to those things? Nothing. <laughs> hey, hey, it gets better. So now the Republicans are saying in the House, are saying the exact same things about the Democrats now that they're in the majority that the Democrats were saying about the Republicans when they were in the majority. Jesus, is everybody's, you know, uh, is everybody's memory so short that it's like, this is the exact same stuff that was happening 18 months ago. The only difference was there were different people's names on the doors. And, And by the way, they're doing it with gusto. Like, can you believe this is happening? It's like, what do you mean? It's been this way the whole time I've been here. <laughs> yeah. There, there is a perspective of, no, I wouldn't say cynicism, but like, you know, kind of a catch-22ism, you could say, with it. Well, it's like, you know, everything's going to be better when I'm in control. You know, okay, now you're in control. It's like, guess what? Everything's the same. Um, and and we, just, we just switched talking points on those things. Here, here's what you're supposed to say. I, I said it for eight years. Now you get to say it, you know, for however long. Uh-huh. So you know what? I, I mean, it, it, certainly you get why people get frustrated about things. Although my new idea is this: like, you know, they said no budget, no pay, and all that. It's like, well, that's fine with me. I, I mean, hell, I'll show up to vote whenever I'm supposed to, ahead of time, on time, whatever. Here's where you get some results: no budget, no appropriations bills on time, no pay for committee and leadership staffs. That'll that'll change it. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's like, you know, if if your staff's not going to get paid, then guess what? You got some serious, you know that old thing, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy? Oh, jeez. Oh, I see what you're saying here. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that would, yeah, that would be a game changer where, you know, basically you have to end up answering your own phones and you have to literally do do the, 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 uh, the, the spade work of the office.
That's an, I, I will give you points for for uh, for uh, innovation or uh, for an interesting perspective on that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, which leads me to I guess I'm going to try to hybrid the next couple of questions here because um, I know we're kind of running short on time here. Um, to, I'm going to try to hybrid the next couple of questions here um, in reference to what we've been talking about, which leads to I guess. In the city arena, this is kind of a big priority you know, amongst uh, you know newly newly you know, new, new new arrivals and people trying to move up into a bigger house or into a more expansive space. Um, affordable housing and public land use. Um, I know you talked about that just a little bit in reference to solving the problem in uh, Swan Lake and Lemon Valley in trying to figure out where we you know drop the water off, but um, I'm sure you're getting a bit of, you know, questions from constituents and questions from the public at large on that. Um, where, where are you, I mean, wh is there anything we could see coming down the pike from your office or in general on addressing that issue? Yes, as a matter of fact, we've gone to those same people we've been talking about, uh, the city of Reno, Washoe County, uh, city of Sparks, uh, just to keep it to the Truckee Meadows, but it applies to all other municipalities on affordable housing and said, listen, um, let's put, um, even though we don't, I'm not telling you where you should put it because that's always controversial. And quite mm -hmm. frankly, that's what those people get paid for right. is, to, is to make those decisions. But it's like, let's identify some land in a public lands bill and transfer it to, you know, the cities or the county or both or whatever to say, you can market this land to developers, and the proceeds go to your affordable housing program. So in other words, I'm not going to tell you what your solutions are, and I'm not going to – I don't think we can sell enough land to say, listen, accomplish, problem solved. But guess what? It's, it's another tool that you'll have that you didn't have before. It, it'll be a funding source for you. Right. And so there you go. There's some money. Um, you want to innovate in the city of Reno? Innovate. We're going to help you fund that a little bit. Because quite frankly, I mean, one of the biggest challenges that anybody faces is, well, what do we do about affordable housing? It costs money. Ground costs money. Building costs money. You know, blah, 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 all that. Um, just the same as anybody else's house does. And so it's like, well, um, here's a piece of the puzzle. Um, and, and I think they kind of picked up on that. Uh, but, but we'll see. And I'm not saying because it was our idea that, it's, hey, it's a great idea. Uh, I mean, I'm sure people can take that and run with it and make it even better. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the things that I think is is a real opportunity for uh, Western Nevada, especially because, quite frankly, for the first time in my life, you know, you said who's Amade, and I used to do I used to do planning and zoning and entitlements and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Guess what, Don? For the first time in my life, uh, my adult life and my professional life. I'm worried. It's like, you know, Kenny Gwynn used mm. to say when he was the governor, we want people to come that, that bring jobs that pay a living wage. Well, guess what? Um, we're making some pretty good progress on that. Mm -hmm. Jobs, living wage, that sort of stuff. I mean, out east, up north where you are, it's like those are some well-paying jobs. And guess what? The alarm bells are going off when people who have those well-paying jobs can't qualify for a home. Mm -hmm. So you say, I'm not going to bring my company 
to a place where I got to give all my employees a raise so they can afford a house if they're in a house where I'm coming from, you know? Right. And, and so it's a challenge. And I'm not saying this in a blame sense, uh, because quite frankly, the, the issue isn't about who you're going to blame. It's how do we fix this? Because if we don't fix it and we don't have affordable living choices for people who come here, um, I'm just afraid. It's like, well, guess what? They ain't coming. And, and this area has always cash flowed local government on growth. Mm-hmm. Whether you like growth, you don't like growth, or whatever, the reality is when uh, so-and-so's old field or that old sagebrush area um, now became, you know, uh, you know, and I, and I don't want to use any real names because some of you <laughs> think I'm trying to be mean, but, you know, that, that becomes Dollywood or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then guess what? The tax base goes up, and that's what you use to pay for things like police, fire, parks, blah, blah, blah. So affordable housing is one of those things where I don't think people will keep coming if they can't get um, – uh, if, if they can't afford you know, a decent living standard, which let's face it, people still want their own place mm. or affordable – you know, they don't want their own place with it an affordable rental option. So it's a, it's a pretty challenging time for housing in all of Western Nevada. And I, I, I just see that as, listen, that isn't going to solve all the problems, mm-hmm. but that gives them a new tool that they didn't have before. And, and I think they should have that tool. Obviously, I wouldn't be talking about it. It's like it's somebody goes, well, so you, you, would, you would sell, you would give the city of Reno 200 acres on the outskirts of town to sell and use the proceeds for affordable housing? Within the city of Reno, it's like, darn right, I'd vote for that. Hmm. You know? And by the way, if somebody's got a better mousetrap, no hard feelings. So essentially, I mean, it's more of a, you're more driven by solutions than, than ideological you know, dri- dri- drives or partisan drives. It's, you know. Well, here's, let's here's just, the deal. I, I've had nobody on a county commission. Where a city council come to me and say, hey, please tell us how to do affordable housing, okay? And guess what? They're not going to, and they shouldn't. That's their jurisdiction. And and so the answer isn't to take away somebody's jurisdiction and say, uh, by the way, I'm willing to help you, but you got to do what I say. I think the answer is, part of the answer is, we're willing to help you by, by trying to get you some resources here. Mm-hmm. And, and what you do with them is, whatever ostensibly works in your jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not, I, I want to stress, not, hey, here's the silver bullet, but guess what? Here's some help. Yeah. And so I don't think help's a bad thing. So, I mean, this is, so this is kind of, you know, you're referencing what you said here, uh, you know, the fact that, we have an economic alarm bell ringing, and that um, for the first time, first time in your life, you know, we, you know, we we finally got the job situation figured out. We finally have the income flow coming in. It's just the where can people live problem is going to now could possibly stymie all the work that we've spent decades building. Affordability is no longer just an issue of what does somebody who's down on their luck. Uh, what's the safety net for them? Affordability affects people that are fully employed. 
And that is rather important for you to hear, to hear that from you, especially because I think, uh, you know, I think typically going back to the, you know, the first topic we talked about today, um, there is a heavy reliance on, uh, I think, uh, I wouldn't say, I would say a heavy reliance on people looking to Washington for answers, but um, there is a, 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 a moment of, of, of crisis when, it doesn't appear that the local level there's a solution that's readily available. People tend to well, look. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Uh, and this is a very general statement, but take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody thinks that the solution to the problem in pick any jurisdiction you want, it can be a Truckee Meadows one, it can be a Clark County one, it's like, hey, the feds ought to do more. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. Let's say they do. But guess what? If they're going to do it here, they're going to do it other places. And, and by the way, when you're already borrowing 40 cents of every dollar you spend it federally, and, and, and for every one of those dollars, 73, 73 cents goes to Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and interest on the debt. So we're fighting over basically 25 cents for affordable housing, education, you know, uh, resource stuff, all that. Um, it, it's like at some point in time you just say, well, well, that's easy to say, but guess what the federal government has that's unique to Nevada? <laughs> and by the way, even if you did this, it's like, so right now the federal government owns 85% of the state. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this really offends some people when I say this. They're like, did you just want to give away the federal estate that belongs to everybody? It's like, hey, seriously, most, most of the land bills in the state where you authorize the sale of like, a hundred thousand acres. Um, guess what? Most of that acreage through the through the life of the bill, twenty years, doesn't get sold. I, I mean, look at Clark County, which is the most active real estate market in the Southwest U.S. for the last twenty, thirty years. Southern Nevada Public Lands Management Act authorized them to sell seventy thousand acres. You know how many they've sold in twenty-one years? Simplement turns twenty-one this year. Don, they've sold about 35,000 acres. That's half. In 21 years, that's like 1,700 acres a year is the average. And so I'm going, I'm missing the runaway sprawl and, and, you know, we didn't kill the desert tortoise to do it. And and it's like, are resource issues important? They absolutely are. And nobody's in favor of saying, hey, to hell with the resources. Mm -hmm. So that's another cliche that a lot of people raise a lot of money on. Uh, on and hey, it's America, God bless them. But, but it's like, quite <laughs> frankly, if you said, listen, we're going to use some of that federal estate in Nevada to help solve some problems in Nevada uh, that are social problems, and, and, and affordability of housing is one of them, it's like, so, so if in a Washoe County lands bill, you took 2,000 acres and said, here, Sparks, you get some, here, Washoe, you get some, here, Reno, you get some, mm-hmm. fund your programs. Um, it's a one-shot, so but, but it's like, the, there you go, maybe you can get some projects built or do whatever you think. You guys know the answers. Mm-hmm. You guys know the answers in Wasso County better than D.C. does. It's like, hey, I I think that's a piece of the puzzle. Local it's control. an unused resource that quite, and, and oh, by the way, at the same time, when those things are sold, then they go on the tax rolls, and whoever you sell them to builds whatever they do on it, whether it's warehousing, logistics, uh, neighborhoods, whatever, retail, it's like, so that also helps in terms of, of cash flow via the tax base. So I'm going, listen, you don't want to do it over a spring or in, or in 
uh, you know, uh, sensitive habitat for for uh, uh, any species, or, or you don't want to do it, you know, on the shores of Lake Tahoe, so you can build more, you know, timeshares or something. But but having said all that, it's like, hey, um, if there's a responsible way to use that resource, why wouldn't you? Essentially, I mean, which I think is kind of a unique perspective that you're, you're taking um, is a function of solving the problem. Power the local governments to utilize federal government, utilize federal resources to empower local government. Is that kind of what I'm, I'm gathering? glad you referenced that because I have asked um, a couple of presidential candidates that question on what they would do about affordable housing and um, and their route most of the answers I've been getting have been an answer of you know I'm, I'm, I wish to you know create funds or create bond programs or um, spend more money on this program to allocate towards this so try to swing on two more uh, if, if, if it if permissible or um, two more questions if I can all right um, and thank you for that um, so kind of going back kind of closer back to co uh, co topics of conflict um, I'm sure you've been getting questions about this from constituents on you know an issue that's been a hot button issue 
in regards to immigration and what we're doing on that. Uh, namely, are we, you know, are are we going to fix the, you know, the citizenship process, or what are we going to do about who's here and what and what count, who who counts as a citizen or who's not a citizen and whatnot, and well, and the government's response to that. And uh, I, I'm just going to leave it blank. Really? 
because guess what? And I'll tell you what, it goes back to the first time Nancy Pelosi was a speaker. We did health care. How come we didn't do immigration? You were setting the agenda. Uh-huh. And so then, then you go to John Boehner and Paul Ryan. It's like, we have to sign the discharge petition. I was on the Judiciary Committee when we passed comprehensive immigration reform. It never saw the light of day on the floor while John Boehner was the speaker. You're like, what the hell? Paul Ryan comes. we got to sign two discharge petitions. We finally get within two signatures of, of one of the discharge petitions having to come to the floor on an immigration bill, which means you got to have a vote. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's like, okay, don't sign that, uh, although I did. Uh, we'll, we'll bring these two to the floor. So once you bring to the floor, two bills is like, you know, you're going to call the Democrats on this one, and you're going to lose the conservative Republicans uh, on this one. Mm-hmm. And so, long story short, they both fail. And so then here comes the first immigration piece, really, of the, of the next Pelosi speakership. And you've got in there um, gang members, uh, firearms conviction, and domestic abuse conviction people are okay for citizenship. It's like, no, they're not. Come on. So really? And you're like, why would you put in what political constituencies like if you could just get people who are, who are dreamers who are gang members and have firearms convictions, if you just give them citizenship, man, it'd be, it'd be smooth political sailing for you. Nobody's lobbying for that. Mm-hmm. You, you, put it, you put it in there, to basically go, this, this will get them all to whatever. And so now we say, well, we had a vote, and these guys said no to dreamers. Nobody said no to dreamers. They said no to your political thing to say, you know, so, so you're going to run the ad that says I said no to dreamers, or you're going to run the ad that says I said yes, to gang members, firearms conviction, and domestic abusers. Uh, so, so would you like to be would you like to be poisoned with cyanide, or would you like to be uh, poisoned with you know pick another uh, another one? It's like, he thanks for that. That that has nothing to do with providing well deserved relief for millions of dreamers. So, my answer to your question is, I think both sides are hopelessly addicted <laughs> to using. So using the immigration issue for what they see as their political benefit, which is why these bills that we finally got a vote on were constructed in a way so that they were damn sure that they wouldn't get 218 votes. And you say, why don't you just bring up a clean dreamers bill? No brainer. Hell, I I mean, three quarters of the country says, yeah, we need to do something about this. Mm. But, and I'll tell you who's running that show, that's the consultants. Because folks are like, oh, yeah, if you do this, then you got them where you want them. It's like, well, that's really doing a lot of good for us. Thank God for the consultants. Well, I'll give you that. That's a, that's a pretty clear, direct assessment of it. Um, and, and, and that's kind of where I wanted to lead that to in regards to um, the government response, because I'm sure you've been getting a lot of flack for that, um, namely um, – you know the pictures we've been seeing on uh, on TV on on you know the government's response and what we're doing at the Mexican border, and then alternatively, you know the lack of some could say the lack of response, which I think you've addressed considerably here. Um, has that? Well, here's the here's the one that that one's a good one. So listen to this. So February 19th, Donald Trump issues an executive order that says we have a humanitarian and national security crisis crisis at the southwest border. Go back and Google the news reports of the day. It's trumped up, no no pun intended. It's fake, it's whatever, it's made up. February 19th, 
My, what a difference, Don, 120 days makes. you got to go down there and visit them. It's terrible. we got to send money down right away. And, and we did. And by the way, the Nevada delegation was unanimous, sending $4.5 billion down there. Where it's like, yeah, we know. How come it was all fake in February? Mm. And in August, it was like, oh, my God. The sooner the – I mean, can you believe this? Now, the other thing, the other thing that it forgets, though, too, is those facilities were built – like 30 years ago or whatever, for a certain level of, of, of you know, having to process people. Right. It's when, quite frankly, the majority of this was from Mexico. Mexico's doing a pretty good job of building a uh, middle class. So guess what? The, the, the main, one of the main motivators for going someplace else, and it was the same when my ancestors came from Ireland and Italy, mm-hmm. it's economic opportunity. You're fleeing something, or you're coming to economic opportunity. I mean, it, it's ironic that it's that, that, that it's like you know what? That's still the same. That's still kind of the same deal driving things. Right. Here's the sad part. The reason that, that everything is in the shape, and it's been this way. It was during Obama. It was like Bush 43. As it's increased, it's like guess what? It's three times the volume that it was ten years ago. So you go, oh, my God, you're doing this to these people. It's like, listen, these guys are using the facilities that the Congress gave them, that the Congress gave them the money to build for. And so the fact that we're ignoring it, because, and this is an example of what I was just talking about, well, let's take pictures of this. It's like, guess what? Those policies were all in place. And I'm not saying they're right, mm-hmm. but guess what? They're a problem now. It's like, well, guess what? Um, there was a problem during the Obama administration, but it wasn't on TV. And it wasn't like it's your guys' fault. So once again, political opportunity. So we send the four and a half billion dollars down. By the way, it'll take more than that. Mm-hmm. But but you're sitting there going, the reason that you need more is because with Central America done for the first time, I think it was in March, there were groups from Central and South Africa who had come across the ocean and joined with these joined up in Central America to come north. So, I mean, I mean, the most boiled down way to say is the numbers have increased phenomenally, which is why you have these conditions, which is why the four and a half billion uh, was set down there. But even with that, if you look back to when we passed that emergency appropriation, yeah. there were some pretty harsh words for the, uh, for, for the uh, Problem Solvers Caucus, which I am a member of. Uh, that have Democrats and Republicans in it because there were some people in the D conference that said, hey, we're not doing what the Senate did. We want to, we want to put some stuff in there, some restrictions. I mean, they had pro-choice stuff in there. And, and quite frankly, Josh... Uh, uh, Josh... From Minnesota... Uh, I was going to uh, say Missouri. New Jersey. New Jersey, oh. New Jersey. Um, Josh... Tom Reed from New York is the chairman of Problem Solvers, the co-chair of Republicans, and Josh. I'll look this up. Josh. I'll look this up for you real quick. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's a New Jersey guy. He's the Democrat guy. Josh went to Nancy Pelosi and says, "We got enough votes to take the rule down. You have to vote the Senate bill. We're not going to use this as an opportunity to tack a bunch of partisan talking point immigration shit stuff on it." Um, and so. Um, there, there were some people, you'll see there, they're going through the hell, there's the problem solvers and blah, 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 because they wanted to, they wanted to sideline the Senate bill 
and tacked a bunch of stuff on it. And so there were some D's that quite frankly took a lot of from the blue side of the, of the stadium. And, and we just said that the Senate one through. By the way, there were 82 votes for the Senate one. Come on. Schumer, Durbin. Wow. Uh, both, of the, both of our senators vote for us. Like, seriously? You want to take that tinker with it? The Senate got 82 votes for it? That's a sale. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a slam dunk. Yeah, get that you know get that shipping. But there were even people who there were people on you know that, that wanted to basically say no, we want to put some more stuff on this and, and hold that whole thing hostage. Like wow, so you're concerned and it's a humanitarian crisis now. It wasn't before, but hey, we still have time to do political tinkering. Holy mackerel! Josh Gottenheimer, by the way. Welcome. His locker's right next to mine in the gym. Christ, don't tell him I had a I had a brain cramp on his name. He's a good guy. <laughs> no worries, hey, no worries, <laughs> no worries. I, I won't do that. No worries. Uh, um, I'm glad I could help on that. I'm glad. That you, thank you for breaking that one down for me because I think I I'm, I wanted to kind of get a little more inside Paul inside baseball version of what's been going on because again, what we see on TV. Here in home is the you know there's a problem with the border you know oh god you know the humanitarian crisis element of it and then alternatively you know you you see kids in cages you see this stuff and you have to ask yourself a question here um, I have to ask myself the obvious question had this ain't that simple unfortunately I, I and, and I'm well, glad well but the other thing is the other thing is quite frankly it's like where were you guys ten years ago? when this was going on. Not that that makes it okay, but I mean, it's, it's just another symptom of incredibly politicized. And by the way, you know what? I think, it's, I, I, I mean, parties as well, hell, um, I assume they're going to keep doing them because um, it's working. I mean, we've had some phenomenally pro-Latino uh, uh, issue Republicans from districts in California and Texas and Florida basically lose. Um, some of the most active folks on their issues because, quite frankly, the other side has been successful in going, Republicans hate Latinos. And, and so they put these things out with all those poison pills in them. They go, he's going to vote against it. Or she's going to vote against it. And when they do, then, then we got an ad for that. Right. And, and it's like, hey, I mean, it, it's it's the reality we live in, which is, hey, no, nobody's going to spend their free time to go get down in the weeds on that stuff. So... And I'm I'm kind of glad you broke this down for me a little bit more for me because I, I, I it it helps it helps cut very it cut, helps cut down it helps cut cut through the uh, noise a lot. Um, I'm gonna try to make this one my like closer and my like last one too because I know I've taken up like immense amount of your time and, and I am totally grateful for you uh, speaking to me this morning well this after this afternoon. Um, um, about what you're working on. Um, so I guess you talked about a CR bill possibly coming up here towards the end of the month and also talk about, um, you know, background checks. Uh, there's that, that's kind of been bubbling up here, you know, here at the district level is that's what people were wanting some action because of the recent, uh, last month of recent issues that have been going through not recent last sorry. In the last month, we've had some major uh, shooting events 
and obviously the calls for, uh, for gun control are back on. But and alternatively, those who are opposed to gun control are naturally, you know, gun owners who naturally feel like, hey, why are we always under, why are, why are gun owners always under the microscope? Um, do you think those two issues could lead to a shutdown here in the near future? Um, namely, you know, the D's holding up um, a bill, holding up funding until something happens on that or whatnot? You know what? I don't know about the Senate. Um, I don't have a feel, although you can speculate from some of the stuff in the last week where McConnell said, hey, I'm waiting for the president, um, which some people would say translates to, I'm not getting out on a limb and having him sawed off mm. <laughs> behind me, uh, which, I, I mean, that, that could be accurate. Um, let's be completely frank. In the House, I can tell you this. I think you're going to see some, some movement. It's one of those things where you go, you know, maybe there's a glimmer of light here on this issue where it's like, listen, you want the you want the, the red flag stuff or whatever. The only hang-up that I've heard, heard most Republicans say is, that's fine, but you got to give them some due process. You can't just do it ex parte. Um, and so it is the Second Amendment. And by the way, 99.9% of people who own guns respect each other, respect human life, follow the law, and don't shoot at people with them. So, you know, it's like, do, do we need to do something about the 350 to 60 people a year who do mass shootings? Absolutely. But, you know, it's like for the vast majority of people who own guns, it's like, why are we, you know? And, and then they say, well, magazine stuff is like, hell, that's already been done in court and ruled unconstitutional. The law of the land. So uh, I don't know why we're still talking about it when when it's already been at least in in one form or another. But that's fine. It's like listen, I'm open minded. We, what you don't hear when you talk about the reporting, nobody said anything about all the money we put into uh, the 21st Century Cures Act on mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was school related because, quite frankly, you know, with, with the internet of the reality of the internet today and stuff like that, and young people. <laughs> having to react to and deal with all the stuff that goes on on the Internet now that could be phenomenally unsettling to an adult, much less an adolescent. Uh, so we put a bunch of money in that as well. Nobody said what we did with fixed nicks to try to strengthen the background stuff. And by the way, it's also very accurate to say nobody should say mission accomplished. So when you say, do I think, I, I think there's a glimmer of light there to say, hey, we need to fix, we need to do some, get rid of some more of these loopholes and background checks because, quite frankly, nobody wants bad people to have guns. Um, we need to do, I think you'll see a bill come out of the House that says, here's a due process element for the red flag stuff, and here's some more, here's some more things on, on background checks, which, quite frankly, we talked about at the bipartisan, uh, uh, or, or the uh, uh, solutions group. And uh, problem solvers caucus, and it's like you know what I I I thought I heard as I listened so that there was some ability to get together on something in the room there with uh, with 20 strong Democrats and 20 strong Republicans to kind of basically say here you go. Uh, the only way that'll get screwed up though, Don, is if somebody starts going, well I don't want to do something if the Senate's not. It's like listen, stand up for what you think's right and let the Senate do whatever they think. They're going to do it anyhow. 
quit making up reasons. Yeah, quit making up reasons not to do anything. Um, I'll tell you this on the CR stuff though. We're, we're gonna. I mean, you know, this is another one of those. Hey, shit, you know, doesn't matter. Um, who's running it? We're looking at doing a CR till uh, till about uh, Thanksgiving, and then praise Jesus, they're already talking about one to get us through the rest of the year. Um, oh wow! Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, you're just looking at that going, you know what, it's Groundhog Day, and it's, and it's, it's phenomenally frustrating. Um, but, but I think, uh, I think everybody of every ilk has, has learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, six years ago, I, uh, I voted to shut down over health care, and I voted to keep it shut. So I feel like I could speak for both sides of the thing, but I'm, I'm done voting. I'm done voting to shut the government down. You know why? Because mm-hmm. nothing changes. There's not a single shutdown since I've been around, regardless of who got the blame for it. And by the way, it takes two to tango. So I love the fact that it's like you can't shut the government down with just one side or the other. I mean, you know, it's like, well, well, you didn't cave in to me, so I'm shutting it down, or I didn't cave in to you. It's like, so is it the caver or the KV's fault? Whatever. Uh, but here's the, here's the reality. Not in the whole time I've been back there has there been a single shutdown that changed the damn thing from before it shut down to after it, did, it after it opened up. And so it's like, quite frankly, you know, it's that old insanity thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it, it doesn't whatever it is you're trying to get done, it doesn't work. You try to get somebody's attention, or you try to get some concessions, they don't work. So I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty calm. You know, it's like, I'm not voting for any more shutdowns, because quite frankly, they don't work. They didn't work for the Democrats when they were doing them, and they didn't work for the Republicans when they did them. So it's like, let's quit doing that. And by the way, they're phenomenally disruptive to the federal government, the people that work for it, the people that contract with it, the people that rely upon it to provide services. It's like, hey, you know what? I mean, healthcare was about as important a thing as I can think of. And, and quite frankly, not a darn thing changed. Wow. So that that isn't a tool as far as I'm concerned. So um, I don't see guns as derailing that. Um, Second Amendment stuff is derailing that for, for the reason I just discussed. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's kind of like what, what I said on the Dreamer bill. If you really want to say you got something done, then by the way, it would be perceived as a big deal for the Democrats. Because, you know, they've succeeded in being, well, Republicans are for everybody having guns and shooting each other, and, and the Democrats are for not doing it. So if you got, even with, with, with some due process provisions and, and some background stuff, heck, I, I mean, I'd claim victory if I was the blue team. So it's like, hey, are you willing to, you, you'll get some more background check stuff, mm-hmm. um, fix some weak points. Um, but, but you, but you gotta, you gotta, I'm sorry, it, it's an amendment. Um, you can't take it away without giving some level of due process. Done. So, I mean, I, it sounds like, I mean, this is gonna, I mean, we're nowhere near, as you said, no, no mission accomplished yet. This is a long, we're, we're a long way away on this. Well, but, but I'll tell you what, I'm all about, I mean, this has been a fairly cynical little discussion that I've treated you to. <laughs> Oh, no worries. I'm hopeful hopeful on the gun thing, but it's like, you know what, I see some light there. Mm -hmm. So, 
So there is hope. This is one of the few topics that there may be hope that may not be what everybody wants, but somebody may get something. Well, listen, there's a way to do things in a way that's like, I mean, if you start with the premise of nobody's in favor of having homicidal felons with guns, you know? Um, (laughs) Although, Don, here's something that everybody skips over. Mm. It's like, let me tell you what. You say, well, you, you know, we want to change it. It's like, okay, we, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but let me tell you what. Everybody skips completely over the fact that it's like, hey, it's, a, it's been against the law to kill a human being since before the Ten Commandments. <laughs> and you say, why the hell are you talking about that? I said, because basically it, well, what we're talking about here ultimately is murder. And so we don't want people doing mass murder, which is defined as three or more. And so it's like, hey, nobody's in favor of murder, but we're trying to figure out how to how these people, how people who ultimately have decided they want to be murderers, how they can't do it with guns. It's like, okay, we should do that, absolutely. But keep in mind, they're murderers. Mm-hmm. And by the way, some of them we didn't know they were for the first time until. Although I got to tell you, here's the one that'll, that I mean, it just makes me chuckle because I'm closer to the end than the beginning. But it's like, quite frankly, uh, you know, I'd mentioned the internet before. A whole bunch of these people telegraph stuff on the internet, right. and so now you're talking about the quote free and open internet. It's like, guess what? Uh, we're already surveilling the internet for some national security, foreign, you know, purposes in terms of stuff going offshore or coming in from offshore it's like guess what I think you're going to need to I think you need to start talking about doing that mm-hmm. so quite frankly if Amity does a post that says whatever the hell it's like somebody goes and goes hey guess what you said this blah 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 um, so th- th- that that may have th- that may affect you getting a firearm you know mm-hmm. because quite frankly we can't have people running around shooting people um, but, but the but the problem is you sit there and you go okay so we'll make it against the law I hope we have better luck with that than we have making murder against the law mm-hmm. because people are still doing it so I mean it, it's kind of like a classic function of you know you you can't legislate a problem out of, you can't legislate a solution kind of thing. We don't want you to have matches, okay? I mean, that's just common sense. <laughs> right. And so it's like if, if you're out there saying, basically, I want to kill as many people as I can, it's like, then guess what? Um, you've just given up your right to have a gun. You may figure out a different way to do it, but but, but you got to have a little due process in that instead of just that. Somebody's going to make the decision and whatever because, quite frankly, and I'm not a constitutional all-star, but it's like you can't – I mean, if you were going to take one of those other first ten or the other ones away, um, it's like, hey, people go, you can't do that without – I mean, you can lose you can lose your rights, your constitutional rights, but you get due process. So it's not should you or shouldn't you lose them. It's um, you got to give you got to give somebody an appropriate level of due process. That's what it is. Kind of adhering to some, some degree of constitutionality and, and uh, the 14th Amendment. Guess what? You lost your Second Amendment rights. Okay. Nobody says, oh, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. 
they said, yeah, but you lost it based on having a conviction, which is a due process thing. Right. So that's that's where the rub comes in. Essentially making making something like that work that everybody can agree upon as an agreed convention. Yeah. And, and so it's not, you don't get a courtroom trial or whatever, but it's like you got to have some level of respect for the fact that you basically want to take this girl or this guy's right away. And, and it's like, hey, um, if the answer should be yes, then great. But there's got to be a process there. That helps eliminate that point because I think uh, I think it's also often and I think uh, confusing in, in, in the noise. You kind of hear you hear passion, you hear you hear drive, you hear worry, you hear concern, but you don't hear fact or you don't hear uh, you know logic in this. And, and well, I, and I'm not saying you should ignore. Uh, I mean, listen, the, the emotion is a big part of it, and guess what? The argument. Folks on the other side of that are great. I mean, what the heck's more emotional than than hey, some, somebody was just killed who 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 w- was murdered? I mean, come on, nobody's like I said, nobody favors that. Hmm. But but to then turn that into so, so the other ninety nine percent of people who happen to own a firearm need to be punished is like wh- where did we get that? But you know they've done a good job on the other side of. I'm trying to get people to focus just on the emotion. Hmm. I mean, and alternatively, I'm going to kind of speak to that end of things as well, in the sense that there, you know, there are points that some folks say that we have too many guns out, out in, in the American public, or that the type of guns need to be regulated, or that certain types of guns need to be banned, or we we there's there's a degree of scale on one end of things that says there's obviously a problem here with firearms and that's it's not it's not the 99 percent of people we're targeting the goal is the one percent but it's the 99 percent of the people who are going to end up burdening carrying the burden in this situation well i mean let's just take a second and go you know what in world war ii we took Japanese Americans' constitutional rights away, didn't think twice about it. You people are going to internment camps. Mm. You know, by God, and, and by the way, there was more than a little bit of emotion in that. And, and, and what was your transgression? You're Japanese. And, and so you're like, wow. And, and so, you know, you look back at that going, and that was completely emotionally driven, and you're like, well, come on, we're at war. It's like, I know, but you still can't do that. So you end up in the whole re- reparation thing where, like, that was the wrong thing to do by basically saying you can't have that constitutional right because your country of origin has bombed Pearl Harbor. And yet on this stuff we're going, you can't have your constitutional right because – uh, one quarter of one percent of people who who own a firearm are ki- are committing murder with it. Mm-hmm. You're like, I, I mean, it's uh, I'm just sitting there going, hey, we need to we need to we need to do everything we can to prevent this from happening. Um, never say mission accomplished. Um, uh, if you exhibit certain behavior, do do we have to wait for you to shoot somebody? Heck no. But there's there's got to be a due process element in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and so that's that's just it, very simply. And then when it's like, hey, in the background checks, it's like, hey, if you've exhibited certain behavior, 
um, that quite frankly, and you want to buy a firearm, then that's fine. Let's uh, th that disqualifies you from it, like being convicted of, of a felony or something. So as long as there's a due process element in it, it's like fine. My fear is, is you know, that that quite frankly, the recent history has said, well, we'll take this because we can get it today, but basically, we just want to get rid of guns, and it's like, well, you know what? I, I mean. I guess there's an argument to be made we should have got rid of cars a long time ago because, quite frankly, people die in crashes, uh, the pollution to the to the global warming, to the – you know, it's like, hey, um, if you want to go just straight on emotion, then okay, but guess what? It's going to be a much different society in this country than it has been. And by the way, it, it just scares me to think of who it is that's going to be making those decisions, mm. you know? Guess what? I – Anyhow, you, you kind of see where I'm headed to where it's like, listen, nobody's for bad people having guns. Um, red flag, you know, where you give where you give law enforcement people and family people uh, uh, a seat at the table to say, I don't want my, my relative or, or this person to do it. It's like, great. Uh, they should have a seat at the table. Build some due process in. Have a hearing before somebody so, so that it's not just, hey, somebody got pissed <laughs> and pushed a button. And you lost the constitutional right. We treat constitutional rights, at least we have historically around here, with a bit more respect than that. Right. So uh, it sounds like there needs to be a great deal of caution and there needs to be a great deal of thought put into this before you kind of sign on or kind of proceed down this line. Here's the deal, though. I don't want to let the perfect be the enemy of the good. It's like, so let's do something. Let's let's pass something with a due process procedure in front of a hearing guy that could be lickety split. You know, maybe it's the justice. I don't know what it is. Like, so let's do something. See how it works. Run it for a year or two. Needs to be fixed and whatever. You know, it's like everything else. But you're not going to start out with legislation. I mean, I can't think of anything. It's like, yep, they passed one bill and it was perfect. It never needed to be touched again. Right. So in, instead of Using it for political, emotional campaign. It's like, why don't you solve the problem with campaign on that? But that's not in vogue at the moment. <laughs> well, again, um, again, that's kind of why I'm glad I'm talking about this because you get the kind of. Unfortunately, you're, you've been getting a lot of incoming lately, so I, I, I get to kind of hear it from you. And get your your insight on this, and 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 see where you might be heading, or what thoughts you might have on this, because I think uh, a lot of people, namely in the Reno area, have a lot in their minds about this. So it's glad to hear your perspective. But listen, that's the reality too, where it's like, quite frankly, you know, people go, "Wait, you support Trump?" And it's like, you know, I would never tell you in an interview. I think people that supported Hillary Clinton are bad people. I mean, come on. It's partisan. Um, elections have a partisan element in it. And so when you're the only when you're the only target left in the shooting gallery for the agenda people, it's like, hey, it comes that comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. But quite frankly, you know, when it's a status defense, I mean it just is what it is. You're a registered Republican. You're holding a federal office. We haven't got anybody else to pick on other than the president. And so let me tell you this. After 20 years, if people are griping about your politics, that's something to be proud of. They're not griping about you kick your dog. They're not, they're not, 
they're not griping about you lie, cheat, you steal, mm-hmm. um, that you're ethically challenged and all that other sort of stuff. So it's like, hey, you disagree with how I voted? Um, we try to do our homework, that sort of stuff. Um, quite frankly, uh, you know, my grandfather had a saying, um, if you're talking to somebody who's not listening, you're wasting two people's time. And so I respect that everybody gets to make their mind up and they decide who they like and they don't like politically. That's been that way forever. I respect that. Mm. That doesn't mean that, that I feel bad because we do our homework, we try to find out what the facts are, and we focus on the issues. So, you know, as long as I'm given the responsibility, that's what I'll continue to do. So, and, and, and then the other thing, of, of course, is always uh, uh, it's like, hey, uh, we respect the process, and guess what? The ultimate process is that Tuesday in November. Mm-hmm. And so far, uh, the people of uh, Nevada have been have been, I think, pretty fair with me, and uh, and they felt comfortable with with uh, g- giving me the responsibility. So, you know, and in uh, November of next year, they'll decide who they want to have the responsibility for the next couple of years. And, and I know that there's, I know that there's. Uh, uh, 35 to 40 percent of the people that for sure uh, don't want anything to do with me because I'm a Republican and, and they've got their sources that they think are deep enough and so that's that's just the reality you deal with. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a there sounds like a quiet confidence that you're you know what you're doing and and you feel that you're doing you you feel like you're doing what's right. Have you got the call? Have you got the call?
But but it sounds like from the likes the likes of it, it sounds like not no, no one's volunteering to to, to to take that away. Well, I, I just think we uh, this week Rahm Emanuel all people go that's dumb. Rahm Emanuel. So it, it's like he's I don't know what these presidential people are doing. So he's just kind of sitting there grinning, going, "Yep, yeah, I'm a bad guy on that health care stuff." And the president's a bad guy, and it's like, listen, nobody's going to, you know, it's like, well, he said they're not going to repeal the Affordable Care Act. It's like, we're not going to because it would be a dumb thing to do logistically. Mm-hmm. Does it have some good stuff in it? Yeah. Um, and, and so it's like, listen, instead of wiping the board clean and trying to do the lessons from scratch, heck no. But then you're criticized for that. So it's like, I get it. I get it. I'm a Republican. People are re- frustrated because the district's Republican. I've never run on being a Republican. I've always run on the issues. Never ran a negative ad, Don, saying my opponent sucks. Mm-hmm. Because quite frankly, if I can't get you to vote for something, then I'll, I'll accept those consequences. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. And it's like, hey, um, we'll keep doing what we're doing. And guess what? Um, I'm the guy... Heck, I've been uh, I've been through five elections in eight years for this office. I'm I'm the most accountable guy in the whole house. Well, mm-hmm. that's an average of what? So when it's like this guy stinks, he sucks. It's like geez, you had five opportunities to fire me in eight years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty accountable. Yeah. So so it's a pretty good uh, you know that's a pretty good county record because the average house member. Only comes up every two years, so you're right. You the first election was at eleven, and then you had to rerun within like a, in twelve, and then you had to go back to the people two years later and subsequently since. And so I'll be honest with you, I'm proud of that. It's like, hey, I mean, that's what elections are for. It's a personnel session. It's like, well, we've had five personnel sessions so far, hmm. and 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 guess what? Uh, that's all I can say. And by the way, we haven't spent a lot of money to do it. <laughs> Which is usually a good thing. I, I think it is. I'm, I'm, I, I don't. I'm not a guy who says, yep, we're going to go out and squeeze every dime out of everybody. And of course, that's because I don't use much of the way consultants, so what the heck. Anyhow. <laughs> Again, no, if it works, you know, why fix it? Well, you know what, the other thing is, as you get a little bit older, you, you get a little better at being circumspect and, and not, and not, uh, I just think you get a little more seasoned in terms of expectations and tolerance, which, by the way, tolerance is something that appears to be in short supply these days. That's another old-fashioned deal, but what the heck. Um... That sounds fair. It sounds again, uh, again. I'm kind of glad to hear your perspective on that because you're literally in the firing line. So I, 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 I'll take your word for it. Well, you know, the other thing though is I'm a competitor too, so I enjoy that. So it's like, okay, you think you got me? Let's see. <laughs> let's, let's see how people vote. Yes. So anyhow, hey, I got an eleven o'clock. Yes, yes, and I and I appreciate uh, the extra time you've given me to talk to me about a lot. Um, um, I'm going to go ahead and switch off the recorder here. Um, Congressman, thank you very much for your time. Um, and. Uh